to mend broken hearts, broken people. But even if we give everything that we have, if we don't have the God factor, we fall short. I've heard it said, confession, the vertical, breaks the cycle of chaos inside of me. Forgiveness, the horizontal, breaks the cycle of chaos between us. Well, I continued down the vertical uh, path for a while and even had a very, very, very short-lived period of fasting. I think about 24 hours is all I could get through. But I did hunger for something. I hungered for answers. I ran across, across this quote that I felt and I still feel. And don't we all, with fierce hunger, crave a cave of solitude, a space of deep listening, full of quiet darkness and stars, until finally we hear a syllable of God echoing in the cave of our hearts. I love that, a syllable from God echoing in the cave of our hearts. Then I remember another experience from childhood that I had kind of put in the back of my mind. I was in the third grade, and I'd already experienced the little perpendicular cross bars metaphor. But I was leaving the Glendale School parking lot on the way to our brownie meeting, walking with 11 other brownies. And as we're leaving the building, my friend Debbie Krivick whispered, we're going to get a new assistant brownie leader today. Really? And I knew at that moment the most important thing in my whole life, even more than the Barbie wedding dress, <laughs> was that my mom could be the assistant brownie leader. That was my whole world. Because I, I mean, I didn't want to leave mom to go to kindergarten. I didn't want to leave mom to go to college. You know, we were. Do you remember that, Betty? We were, we were inseparable. So at that very moment, when Debbie said that, as I walked down the street from Glendale School to uh, um, Glendale Methodist Church. Dear God, please help Mom be the brown leader. What, why, why are you mumbling? Please help Mom be the brown leader. Please, 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 God. I was making promises I knew I couldn't keep. But as we rounded the corner into the Methodist Church parking lot, I heard a car behind me. And I looked, and it was our 48 Dodge. And Mom pulls up, rolls down the window. Not a power window rolls down the window and says, hey, I'm going to be your new assistant brownie leader. <laughs> God had me, and I'm going to be your new assistant brownie leader. And I have to say that through the years, I had my fears, my doubts, my struggles, everything. But the day those 14 syllables entered the cave of my heart, I had been changed for good. The, all these sort of recollections sort of opened the floodgates on my jump start to, to the path of forgiveness. I felt led to collect more and more of these moments. And I'm going to, call, for today, I'm going to call these dots. Because I love pointillistic paintings, you know, this like, and then it's a great picture. Just like in pointillistic paintings where carefully dots of pure unmixed color create a masterpiece, the dots of our lives fashion pointillistic portraits of who we are. As I continued to collect these dots, God continued to send multi-syllabic messages to me in the form of people and writings. Recently, I, I think it was a gift from God, I happened upon a book called Forgiving What We Can't Forget, and Lark loves that book too, um, by Lisa Turk Erse. I hope I'm saying that right. The author suggests a number of powerful 
prayerful practices. And this may fall into a little weird, but I bounced it off a couple of my friends and they said I should do it. So if it doesn't go well, don't hold it against me. But I think it's, it's a beautiful practice that she suggests. I'm going to pass out small pieces of paper, pencils, and squares of red felt. Do you remember this exercise, Laura? Yeah. And what you, do yes, you? yes. Now, I might get another helper. Uh, these and no, no yes. Everybody gets a pencil? Yes, every, and everybody gets a pencil, and Oh, have you got paper prepared? Mm -hmm. That's just giving Julie. Julie, I'm going to get a couple. Mm -hmm. Don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering too. Thanks. You got paper? Anybody? Does everybody have a little piece of paper, a pencil, and a red dot square? No. Great. Great. I should have made little packages, but. Thank you so much. Papers. Papers. Here we got your paper right here. We need uh, two back here. Papers. Two. 
All right. Again, this is from the book Forgetting, no, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And I've done this, I've never done it with a group, but I've done it myself, and I have found it meaningful. Okay, as we hold this in our hands, I want you to prayerfully breathe in and think of a person, a situation, anything in your life that feels unresolved, unforgiven, a hurt that won't stop. Maybe you need to forgive a family member, a friend, maybe someone who's no longer with us. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. On the piece of paper, write that down. Just, but if, since we're sitting close, you can write it in code so only you and God know who it is. <laughs> Just something that will let you know what that is. And as you do this, say a silent prayer as you give this over to God. Now, place the red square over the piece of paper. This is sealing the declaration of forgiveness. The red felt represents the blood of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and his ultimate sacrifice for the sake of all our forgiveness. We go as far as we can, but then God picks up where we lost. We leave off. So hold this in your hand and say another silent prayer that God will heal this, that will lift this burden off your heart by His blood. Lord, hear the words of our hearts, heal our hurts. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In Jesus' name, amen. After this time of prayer, I thought, I should have done this earlier, but I thought, I haven't really gone to the Word that much to read about forgiveness in the Bible. I mean, that seems like the most obvious. I went to Lipscomb for 100 years. That should have been at the forefront of my memory, of my mind. But I did. Some of the most beautiful words on forgiveness. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And my favorite, as I repeat, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I could go on with so many scriptures, and they're all beautiful, but then I thought of a Bible story. Well, of course, the story of Jesus is the highest, most powerful, most beautiful story of forgiveness, of forgiveness ever told. But then I thought of my favorite story in the Old Testament. This story is one of the most well-known in the whole Bible. It takes up more of Genesis than the creation, the flood, and a plethora of characters all put together. Genesis 37 through 50 is devoted to this character. And I'll give you some hints. A brightly colored coat, some extremely interesting dreams, ten jealous brothers, a cupbearer, a baker, Pharaoh, 
Potiphar's wife, anybody? <laughs> so many amazing aspects of this story. But for me, at the heart of this story, Joseph's story is the story of forgiveness. Joseph's brother pushed him away, threw him in a pit. They sold him as a slave. They led their father to believe that he was dead. Then Joseph ended up in a palace. He was in control in a major way. And he could have done to his brothers what they did to him. But instead, he did to them what he would have wanted to have done to him. It has a familiar ring. He forgave his brothers for the unspeakable acts of cruelty they committed against him. He chose forgiveness over resentment and retaliation. Healing over hurt, love over hate. As Joseph's father, Jacob, lay dying, he bestowed a blessing upon Joseph. He said of his son, his branches go over the wall. By this, I believe, he meant that Joseph pushed past the pain to a place of grace, grasping the hand of God and rising above the tears and fears he had to face, reaching out in love. He forgave, giving us a story that can help us heal the world. Sometimes, at least for me, words mean the most when they are set to music. So I'd like to pass these words out and teach you this simple chorus about what Jacob's words mean to us today. This is a very simple chorus. Can I have helpers in here? Sorry, These are the lyrics. Yes. Um, thank you. I should have made it bigger. Um, you might need your readers, but this is just a simple chorus. Again, <laughs> these are what Jacob's words mean to us today. And I will say this, I, I sing this song a lot at the nursing home, and there was a lady, a lady named Freddie at the Meadows that I used to always go see, and she was kind enough to say that this is one of her favorite songs. And I was singing this song to her, holding her hand, when she exited for heaven. Oh, no. And her branches definitely went over the wall. <laughs> we'll do it three times. Sing along when you can. May our branches go over the May we stand as one straight and tall.
more times the charm. May our branches go over the that I ordered from Japan and gave them to everybody, but I didn't have time to do that. So I did get some leaves back there and put them on the table that have the, the phrase on it. So if you want a bookmark, it's going to last for about 30 minutes. <laughs> but you and David wrote the song, right? Yes. And the music. Thank you. So thank you. During COVID, I started this thing called the Bathroom Bible Study, and Perry was our guest speaker a couple yes. of times, and he was great. And um, he was a hard act to follow. And um, uh, we, we started in Genesis, and then when we got to the Joseph story, COVID had gotten to where we could get together in person, and so we had our first in-person meeting. on Our bathroom Bible study was on Zoom because you could wear your bathrobes. Anyway, um, so we wrote this for the first uh, in-person in get-together. But um, I believe that that's what God is calling us to do, to lift our branches over the walls of unforgiveness. When we let the soldiers of unforgiveness stand guard at the doors of our hearts, defining our lives by the pain, our hurt will spill over into the lives of everyone around us. And many times those who deserve the very least to be hurt will be hurt by us because we're acting out of the hurt that was done to us. The perpetrator of our pain has done enough. Don't let them continue to do the damage. You can't fake yourself into being okay with what happened, but you can decide that the one who hurt you doesn't get to decide what you do with your memories or your future. We can't always, con we should not confuse redemption with reunion. God can redeem your life even if damaged relationships don't come back together, and sometimes they don't. But that's, we have to do our part, what we can. So, sometimes you have to walk away. I want to quote Lisa Turkhurst from the same book. And I think this is just spectacular. The scenery for your life should not be the pit of pain that person dragged you down into. There's so much more to see and discover and experience. Let go of clawing your way through the muddy pit, hoping there's some reward buried there. There's not. Take God's hand, and as the words of forgiveness are released from your lips, it's like watering the seeds of beautiful flowers. The mud of the pit becomes fertile soil with potential. And before long, you'll be dancing through all that has blossomed and bloomed around you. It takes time, it takes understanding, it takes openness, but most of all, it takes God. Once I collected the dots, I begin to connect the dots. 
I began to see how the various juxtapositions of people and places and events made me who I was, and the pointillistic portrait was taking shape. Looking back 48 years ago, I feel sure that that person hurt me because someone had hurt him. And I'm sure that I've hurt others because he hurt me. It's an endless cycle called the human condition. Hurt people hurt people. And we're all hurt people. Gary? Like I say, I think sometimes words mean more when they're put to music.
You may be wondering, have I forgiven this person from 48 years ago that helped start this wall? Well, I hope so. I'm trying. I realize that I think forgiveness is not one shimmering, oh yeah, I got it now, you know? It is a journey, a sacred journey. And in all honesty, in all honesty I can say, in a weird sort of God works in mysterious ways kind of way, I'm grateful. Because he instigated my journey, I'm more empathetic. I think I, I understand more and deeper. Because, I, because of him, I learned to look inside the cave of my heart and hear syllables from God. I've collected, connected, and hopefully now I'm correcting the dots. But none of this is possible without the vertical. God is always there. And I want to close. Woo, sorry. <laughs> I did so good up until now. <laughs> like I say, if anybody has any extra pharmaceuticals in the <laughs> I'm serious. Um, I'm going to close with my mother's favorite story about God always being there. Um, there was a man. He said, he looked up to God and he said, God, I just don't see you. I've never, I've never seen you. Help me see you. I want to see you. And he looked out, and there was a beautiful sunset, and he went, oh, it's getting late. I've got to go. <laughs> Next day, he says, God, I'm, I've never heard you. I want to hear you. And he, suddenly, the thunder just rolls, and he goes, I didn't bring an umbrella. <laughs> and then he said, God, touch me. You've never touched me. I want to feel the touch of God. And a butterfly landed on his leg and he brushed the butterfly away God sends butterflies in all shapes and sizes and I see all kinds of butterflies here today thank you God bless you and may your branches go over the wall <laughs>